All right. Well, this is just your weekly reminder. We post every Wednesday at 5 p.m. on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube for the full visuals. Follow us on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and Facebook at Nothing But Controversy. On Twitter, it's at NB Controversy. Go to nothingbutcontroversy.com slash blog to read all of our newest blogs, what we have to say about certain things. Uh, and go to our Instagram page, click the link in our bio to have a link tree to all of these social media platforms that we are on. And let's go to episode 45. This is nothing but controversy. Well, what's up, guys? And welcome to episode 45 of the Nothing But Controversy podcast. It's great to see all of your sexy faces. We are officially 110 days away from the Super Bowl. And let's get into our schedule here. We're going to have the question of the week, then our bold prediction of the week, then our game of the week. And then we're going to have another segment of NBC Awards, two weeks in a row. Hell yeah. Welcome. Then we go into top five, and then our lock of the week in terms of betting. So with that being said, Shaner's got a nice scruffy beard going, and we're going to go into our question of the week. Okay, so this week we kind of have a little two-part question here. So the question is, after week seven, since we are now in week eight, if you have been living under a rock which team that is doing poorly do you still believe in and what team that is doing well do you think is gonna go downhill um the team that's not doing well that i still believe in it's the chiefs i mean listen the chiefs aren't as good as we've seen them be but still the chiefs i mean you can literally see it patrick mahomes is the best player in the league having a poor start to the year and when Patrick Mahomes isn't playing well, the team doesn't play well. Not to mention, like, not to say that their defense isn't playing atrocious right now, but, like, if Patrick Mahomes is leading the league in interceptions, no, no team with a quarterback that leads the league in interceptions is going to be doing well, right? So I, uh, I expect him to pick things up and take that Chiefs team back to the playoffs. Uh, and if, I'm a, if, I'm, if you're a Chiefs fan listening to this, I say take a chill pill. And if it's the same situation in like four weeks from now, then you can start sounding the like the alarms. But a team that's doing well that I don't really believe in, uh, it's the Raiders. Personally, like, listen, I mean, they're surprising me. I think they're five and two. They're surprising me with that record. I, I, I still don't think that their roster is that phenomenal. Uh, and I just, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to sound like a hater, but uh, I still don't think that Derek Carr is a Super Bowl quarterback. So, um, hey, man, if he proves me wrong, I'll, I'll be the first to admit it, but I just don't see them doing that well. One team that uh, has underperformed that I'm still super excited about. By the smile on my face, you can tell what I'm about to say. It's the Indianapolis Colts. Okay. That was coming. Uh, yeah, fuck yeah. I mean, I, I've said it a thousand times on here. The Colts, I don't know who on the Colts slept with the schedule maker's wife. But uh, they got absolutely dogged to start the year. Um, but I- I'm happy we walked away with a win in San Francisco. It was We won ugly, but we won. Um, and two of the next three weeks are against the Jags and the Jets, right? And the reason I'm so confident in the, Col- confident in the Colts is because they get to play the Jags and the Titans four times in a year. So that's – I don't want to say it's four wins, but it's looking like it's going to be four wins this year. Um, and Carson Wentz, you know, the announcer said it on uh, on Sunday night he, he maybe not there quite yet but he he's showing glimpses and flashes of you know his MVP caliber season he's running the ball he's not sliding he's you know he he held great control of the game on Sunday uh, except for that ugly pick that was actually ruled a fumble um was ruled a fumble so I, I'm still super confident in the Colts and you know with the defense like that Darius Leonard has eight takeaways this year absolutely disgusting unbelievable Bitten with the injury bug at the beginning of the year. O-line was moshed up. Braden Smith hasn't played a game. Quentin Nelson just, just came back. 
Um, you know, the first few weeks we were missing Eric Fisher too. So the O-line's getting settled now. Uh, and, you know, the way Jonathan Taylor's running the ball, Cam can kind of attest to it as a Jonathan Taylor fantasy owner, but uh, no, he, he, he's looking unreal. Um, and one team, I'm not going to pick the Raiders. I did have the Raiders written down, um, but it's a team in the same division that I'm going to have to kick down a notch. And that's, uh, that's the San Diego, uh, the, San, the LA Chargers, excuse me. I haven't heard that one in a while. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, my bad. But uh, no, it's the LA Chargers. Um, I'm a Justin Herbert fan. I'm a Keenan Allen fan. But I just don't think they are currently a top 10 team in the NFL or top eight team as, as Bleacher Report has them. So I still think they might sneak into the playoffs as a wild card because I do think the Chiefs are going to actually end up coming back and winning that division. But uh, I don't think they are, um, you know, where, where they're ranked right now. Not to say they won't be there in a year or two, but right now, this year, I don't think they are there. Yeah, when it comes to underperforming teams here, I'm going to go with the Colts too. Uh, the Chiefs, if they don't figure out what's going on on offense, I think they're going to miss the, the playoffs. That defense is just horrible. It's garbage. I, I think they've given up the most points in the NFL or close to there. So, anyways, the Colts, yeah, I, I just see them. As you said, they had the toughest schedule opening up the season. They got games against the Jags coming up, the Titans. I think they're going to bounce back and, they, you know, they could, they could go – they could make the playoffs for sure. When it comes to teams that are overperforming, to me, there's no, there's no pretenders anymore. I was looking at the Raiders, Bengals. Those are the two teams that, that I was, like, trying to decide over. I think the Bengals are legit. Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow looking great. That defense was outstanding as well. So, for that reason, I'm going to go with the Raiders as well. Um, but I don't know. Derek Carr is, like, basically having an MVP season. So, <laughs> we'll see what's going on with the Raiders. Uh, but I don't know if they'll be able to keep that, uh, that the way they're performing up right now. I would also just very quickly like to issue a formal apology uh, to the Cincinnati Bengals. I was the number one yeah. hater of Me the too. choice of Me Jamar too. Chase over Panay Sewell. But oh. um, not that Sewell's underperforming in Detroit. He looks great too. Went face-to-face with Aaron Donald and was scrapping with Aaron Donald. But Jamar Chase just looks unbelievable. Um, I saw this tweet today. It was like, I can't believe that we saw Justin Jefferson become a borderline all pro last year. And we still thought that the guy that was significantly better than him in the LSU offense was going to come into the NFL and, you know, not perform. And now he's showing that, you know, he's coming in. He was better than Justin Jefferson at, at LSU and uh, he's showing up. So I would so like before, to issue a formal apology. Before we move on though, flashback to year to two months from yeah, a little bit farther than that to the draft night. You're on the clock. You got the number. You got the number five pick. Are you changing your? Are you are you picking Jamar? I don't think you can change. I, I don't think you can change it. I think the debate was put to rest this weekend. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, I at the time it was going to be Jamar. I thought that was the right pick. Him and Burrow had the chemistry. That chemistry is still there, better than it's ever been. Uh, I don't know. I, I definitely. Uh, I think that's working out just fine for them. In a division where you have Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry, Jamar Chase is playing like the best receiver in that division right now. Absolutely. I don't think there's a doubt about it. So, to me, you have to stick with the guy that you you took at five. I think I would pick Hollywood Brown before those two guys even right now. Yeah. Anyways, that's not the debate we're talking about. But, yes, I I would stick with uh, Jamar. Yeah, so for me, I didn't go anywhere different than you guys. I think there's a lot of teams that are even right now that uh, are, are just going to keep going downhill, and there's a bunch of teams that are already out of the race completely and have nothing to look forward to. So I'm going to go with the Colts. Um, they're sitting at 3-4 and four right now. Listen, it, it should be 4-3, and three, really. They shouldn't have lost that game to the Ravens. That, that's clear. Good on the Ravens for coming back and winning that game. But the Colts have the Jets the Jags twice, the Texans, and the Pats left on the schedule. Uh, not that the Pats are a rollover team, but that should be considered a win. Um, those are all, to me, like almost automatic automatic wins. Plus, they're beating good teams like the Niners. So, um, I think they do have a good shot to turn it around. Um, good teams gone bad. I look just strictly on schedule here. I was thinking about the Bengals too, but the Bengals have a pretty easy schedule going forward here. Uh, the Raiders, on the other hand, 
the schedule doesn't look good. They have a bye this week, but the next five are they have the Chiefs twice, Cincinnati, Washington, and the Cowboys. So, yeah, not hopeful for them. They're dealing with a coach who's never been a head coach before. Um, so it's, it's he even said it. He said Derek Carr is the voice of the Raiders. So, listen, I love Derek Carr, but not sure if uh, they they're good enough to be consistently. Uh, a team that's way over 500. So we'll see. Uh, yeah, a team that, that I think will, will come up is, is the Colts. Like you guys said, I'm not really going to touch on on much more because you guys have, have covered it. Uh, the team that I'm, I'm kind of scared of is the Bengals, though. Um, not to say that I don't believe in them. I do. I do think they're a playoff team. I just don't think they're a division winner like they are right now. Uh, they do play the Browns twice. They still have to play them twice. Uh, and the Browns are right behind them. And Chubb hasn't played in, what, three weeks? Hunt didn't play last week. And the Browns' run game still absolutely destroyed the Broncos. Um, so I've always said run game and defense wins championships and wins, wins a lot of games late in the playoffs and late in the season. And the Browns have exactly that. They built that defense and they built the run game. So I think the Browns – are going to take over that division. So that's why, not that I don't believe in the Bengals, but to me, they're not a division winner, but they will be a wild card team, maybe six or seven. Just quickly on the Bengals, though, I was a hater of the Trey Hendrickson signing in the offseason. I thought it was a bit of overpay. He's leading the team in sacks. He has five and a half right now or six and a half right now. So through seven games, like definitely uh, playing worth his money right now. Hubbard had two and a half this week, too. So they're getting it from both sides of the D-line right now. Am I crazy to say that I that the Bengals are the third best team in that division? Is that crazy to say? In my opinion, I think they are. I think the I think the Browns have the best roster. I think if Lamar Jackson is playing at an MVP level, then it's the then it's the Ravens. But uh, yeah, I mean, listen, I think uh, there there might be there might end up being three playoff teams from that division. I think the it's Bengals are young though. Like that. That's one thing. They're like outperforming their expectations. Like the Browns also, are, the Browns are basically in like win now mode. Um, I think if Baker can't get it done the next like year or two, he, he might be out the door. But um, like they're in win now mode. The Ravens, yeah, honestly, honestly, like I just saw something today that apparently they're gonna give him like thirty million dollars a year. No, yeah, I could see the extension coming this year. But what happened with Goff? They paid him, he didn't perform, and then they traded him like the one season after it. So uh, listen, we'll see. Heather, Another reason I have on the Bengals is Zach Taylor as a head coach has never coached a meaningful game. Yep. So we don't know if that pressure, you know, as much as the players do most of the work coaching, if you can't, you know, you're calling the wrong plays, it's not working for your offense. So we don't know what Zach Taylor could do in a pressure situation as a, as a head coach. I've been impressed though with this play calling. Yeah, so okay. far for sure. But like and I said, games, he, like, I mean, you shouldn't be in a tight game with the Jags, but just the same, like he's making good calls in, in late situations. I think Burrow's like looking way smarter than he should be for a second year guy who missed a lot of last season. So I've always been a big Burrow believer and I still am. I think he's the real deal. I do. Just quickly, I just want I just want to get your guys' opinion on this before we move on. Obviously the whole Deshaun rumor this week really started spiking up Deshaun to the Dolphins, whatever. Is is Tua done in Miami and is Miami one of the worst teams in the NFL? They just came off back-to-back losses to the Jags and the Falcons. I mean, he I asked so that their defense Deshaun sucks too. <laughs> yeah. There's... What was that, Shane? He has to be done if they're getting Deshaun Watson. There's no point in having him on the bench when you're you're paying Deshaun Watson. Right. I, I, they are so bad. Yeah. I, listen, I don't think that Tua is the worst worst part of that of that team. If oh, he's I'm, not. I mean, completely honest. I just don't understand the play calling. What's like they don't run the ball. So, but Tua also has some s- extremely questionable decisions. Yeah. Extremely questionable. Anyways, here's he the thing though with Miami is that their first round pick this year is the Niners' first round pick. So right now yeah. it's not terrible. It's like sitting around twelve. But if the Niners like win a few games here down the stretch, like they're looking at like a mid to late first round pick. Who are you getting in that slot? Maybe Malik Willis, like. If you're lucky, you know, no like a Sam Howell kind of guy. I, I have a feeling like they skip on a quarterback this year in the draft, which is why I think they're going so hard on Deshaun right now. Um, I don't think Tua makes the 
makes his rookie contract, I think they'll rehome him. I think he has a chance. Like going into like a more, you know, that Miami offense is young too, other than Devontae Parker. Like they're pretty young too. So I don't know what happens with him, but yeah, I think, I saw, I think he has a chance on like a team with vets that can, you know, like where he's not the main focus of the offense. Yeah, I, I saw um, a proposed three-way trade that sent Tua to the the football team, the Washington football team. I think that would work. You have the run game with Gibson and uh, McKissick. You have Scary Terry. I don't know. I think that could work. God, I love Scary Terry. He's so good. Anyways, that was our question of the week. Let's move on to our bold prediction of the week. So this week, we are getting the long-awaited return of my boy Jerry Judy. Just announced today that uh, he's returning Sunday to play against the Washington football team. Best route runner coming out of college I've ever seen. And my bold prediction is that he is going to score two-plus touchdowns in his return. Damn. Uh, Well, my bold prediction... Again, I'm sticking with my boys through and through. Uh, coming off back-to-back wins against the Chiefs and the Bills, uh, the Titans are, are slowly becoming one of the most talked-about teams in the NFL, especially with Derrick Henry, especially with, uh, you know, A.J. and Julio. But they are playing the Colts this weekend. I don't know what the line's at. I don't know what that's at. But Colts money line. Colts money line did me wonders, won me some money on Sunday Night Football. I'm hammering it again. And uh, I would be more than happy to have the boys ride it with me. I don't know if you guys will, but uh, Colts, <laughs> Titans, Colts, money line. I'll I, be there. I will not be joining you on that I one. Think, I think the Titans are good. I don't think they're that good. I'll be there, Dawson. I don't think they're that good. I love it. Uh, I have a very similar one to Matt's, actually. Uh, hey. Obviously, Jair Alexander's out against the Cardinals. I'm going DeAndre Hopkins, two-plus touchdowns on Thursday against Green Bay. I'll take that. <laughs> Nah, uh, I'm back with the college football parlay. A uh, little, little two-legger this week. Not going to go too crazy. Um, Ole Miss, they're 6-1 and one right now. Um, their only loss is Bama. Um, and they're not favored playing at Auburn, um, who lost to Georgia. And then um, a pretty impressive win over Arkansas. But nonetheless, don't think Ole Miss should be uh, underdogs in this one. So we're going to parlay Ole Miss plus two and a half. Um, with Iowa plus three and a half. They're playing against Wisconsin. Obviously, a bit of a weird triangle here because Iowa lost to Purdue and then Wisconsin beat Purdue. So I guess the feeling is Wisconsin's going to automatically beat um, the nine seed Iowa. I'm not impressed by Iowa at all, but um, that defense is, is crazy good. Wisconsin's offense, sub part of me. So we're going to parlay that, lay it. I'm confident. All right, before, before I say mine, in no way will this outcome ever happen, but I need to say it. I'm also building a little two-leg parlay for NFL. And once again, in no way will this happen, so do not put your money on it. But the first leg is the Lions over the Eagles. That one I'm more confident in than the second one. Could honestly that, see it happening. That's the worst part. The yeah. Lions come out and do onside kicks and fake punts again. Bro, that was wild. That was, was one of the crazy. wildest. That was wild. Like, <laughs> shit I've ever seen in my life. Respect to them. They got the me second one is the one that's not going to happen at all. But I'm just going to say it just to make myself feel better. On Monday night, the oh, Giants God. are going to beat the Chiefs. <laughs> Whoa. Hey, man. You know what? It's not that fucking crazy. You know, you Patrick, know. Patrick Mahomes is out of concussion protocol, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, we're going to have to put Shane into concussion protocol. After yeah. That. <laughs> Yeah. You, you parlay Lions money line with Giants plus 10, you're getting good value there. I, put, I checked it on Bet365. If you put $10, you're winning 114 You know, The value is definitely there. I would do it. The Giants win? Oh, my God. I'm going to be running the streets of Lennoxville. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, that was our bold prediction of the week. Now let's head into our week eight game of the week. So we, made, we decided that this, this was going to be the game of the week a couple days ago uh, for obvious reasons. I mean, <coughs> Green Bay Packers at six and one are visiting Arizona 
or the last undefeated team in the NFL. Whoever wins that is uh, at the top of the NFC, a very good NFC currently. Um, but the Packers have just announced that they have quite a few injuries, including Devontae Adams, including Alan Lazard, including Jair Alexander. But uh, to save you guys from uh, the all-red graphic, I am going with 28-25 Green Bay. As crazy as that might sound, even though Devontae Adams isn't there, even though Alan Lazard isn't there, you want to know someone who is there? It's the 2021 MVP, Aaron Rodgers. We gotta forget. We can't forget that he is playing again at an MVP level. And any team that has Aaron Rodgers on their team has a chance to win. Also, Arizona, seven and zero. Not really a lot of flaws in that game. I'm not gonna bring any up, but. I don't see this team going undefeated. A lot of undefeated teams through seven weeks uh, get to a peak or something. I see it happening this week. My X factor, obviously, is going to be the Packers receiving depth. Uh, I mean, listen, I think it's Amari Rodgers. Right yeah, exactly. Like, Amari Rodgers is going to be their guy. Um, no, he does Valdez Scantling or no? Yeah, MVS MVS is back. Equinemius yeah. St. Brown. St. Brown, yeah. Yeah, Equinemius so St. Brown has been Randall making Cobb. some plays too. Yeah. Randall Cobb, pretty much. And Robert Randall Grant. Cobb, yeah. Hey, Onion's still there too. So. Anyone want Ryan Randall Cobb uh, on your fantasy team? I'll choose that one. Is it my turn? I believe so. Uh, for me, even before all these receivers got ruled out. Um, I, I thought this one could get kind of ugly. Um, and that's because Jair is gone and the Arizona Cardinals don't have the best receiving core in the NFL, but they are definitely up there. Um, and just the way that whole offense is playing, I think it could get ugly. I don't trust Kevin King and, you know, Eric Stokes to, to shut down D hop and AJ green and Christian Kirk and newly acquired Zach Ertz. I uh, don't trust that at all. So my score is uh 34, 14, in favor of your Arizona Cardinals. The X factor, like I mentioned, if there's any hope for the Green Bay Packers, Kevin King and Eric Stokes have to have the games of their life. So um, I got, I got to greet, we'll call it the Packers secondary as the X factor here. Yeah. Uh, that's funny that you bring that up. I have the exact same thing going on here. I, I was originally going to go 28, 21, but all the, all the injuries and all the COVID guys, I'm going 35, 17, Arizona. My X factor is the Packers secondary as well. Uh, obviously, Jair's out. We're going to see the cards attack uh, Eric Stokes and Kevin King. And how they fare against Hop, AJ, AJ Green, and Christian Kirk, it's going to have a big impact on the, the outcome of that game for sure. Yeah, I, I think, like, in a short week, the team that's playing at home back-to-back weeks, like, is, is the safer play, like, regardless of the guys that are out. Um, with Devontae and Lazard on the COVID list now, like... Yeah. I don't know how the Packers are going to move the ball. Um, also, let's not forget what happened to the Packers O-line last year when they played good D-lines. Um, the Marcus Golden, I don't know if you guys watched Cardinals last weekend, but... Or, yeah, he went crazy. Yeah, he had two strip sacks. That's four on the year for him. Um, Chandler Jones is back. Zach Allen's back. J.J. Watt's still there. Um, they have a lot of depth on that D-line. I think they'll get after Aaron Rodgers. So, um, for me, the X factor is the Packers' ground game. The cards are giving up like just right around 120 on the ground per game this year. Um, I think the Packers will need to get that at least. So a lot on Aaron Jones here, a lot on AJ Dillon, I think later in the game, um, if they can keep it close, but I'm, I don't think they will. I'm going to go with the cards um, 38 to 20. Uh, yeah, this, it's going to get ugly and it's going to get ugly quick. I think. I'm going 40 to 17 for the Cardinals. Um, just the no receivers combined, the three top receivers for the Packers right now have 22 catches this year. Their starting running back has 26. Like, that's half of what Devontae Adams has by himself. Amari Rodgers has two career catches for like 30 yards. 
it's it's not enough against Ansys Cardinals defense who's flying around the field. Um, and then it, it no Jair Alexander, DeAndre Hopkins is is going to make Stokes look exactly like he is, which is a rookie that hasn't gotten much playing time. Um, and then, you know, Rondell Moore in the slot. Like, these guys have so many targets. Zach Ertz last week had what? What was his 30-yard touchdown or whatever? Um, 37, longest yeah. career touchdown. So, and then the run, de- the run defense for the Packers is right now the 22, 22nd ranked run defense in the NFL. The Cardinals have the fifth best run offense in the NFL. So, you know, Chase Edmonds, if you got him in fantasy this week, this could be uh, maybe his first must-start <laughs> week of his career. <laughs> uh, James Conner, you know, he could be get, he's getting that goal line work. He'll probably have a couple touchdowns, one or two for sure. Um, Kyler Murray, I wouldn't even be surprised if Kyler Murray ran for 100 yards. Like, it's, it's going to get ugly fast. And I, I don't even see – like, if, you, if you're betting and you get early payout in, in – on your betting apps, like you're gonna get it in the first quarter, I think. Sheesh. Okay. Interesting stuff. That is that. Those are some heavy words, Shaner. But all right, Parker's gonna move the ball. Ow. Yeah. Only God knows that. Yeah, they have like the fifth best running back in the NFL. I uh, I, I like it. I, I like the I like the Packers. I don't know. On the road, Arizona plays well at home. It's a short week. I Arizona also has the third best defense in the NFL right now. Didn't you just say they give up 120 yards on the ground every game? 115. They're they're middle of the pack, but they're not giving up a lot of passing yards. No, no, that's that's the the Cards defense. They're yeah. giving up 115 on the ground. But the Cards defense, like itself in general, is the third best defense. Yeah, no, they're they're not giving up a lot of points. Anyways, it's a stretch. For me to say the Packers are going to win, but we'll see. Could have been my bold prediction, I guess, but that would have just been foreshadowing. Anyways, let's head into our NBC Awards segment. Last week, we did the NHL Awards. If uh, you didn't catch the episode, go to Instagram, and uh, you'll see who everyone picked. Uh, I'm getting a lot of uh, pushback for who I picked for the Vesna, so go check out... uh, Go check out that. Go check out who Shaner picked for the heart because that was kind of a stretch as well. Um, but this week, we are doing the NBA Awards. Oh, yeah, baby. NBA season is underway, and we are going to do Rookie of the Year, Coach of the Year, Most Improved Player, Sixth Man of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Most Valuable Players, and then we are going to pick our finals predictions with our Finals MVP. So we'll start with Rookie of the Year. Um, I'm going to pick Jalen Green. Houston, guys, maybe their best player already. <laughs> I'm like, he's going to be he's one of those rookies that's just going to be – he's going to have to perform for them to have any <laughs> success at all. He's going to be the most important player on their team. So there you go. I, not only do I have Scotty Barnes written down, I have Scotty fucking Barnes written down. <laughs> Scotty is looking, he's looking good, man. He's looking like a, like a young skinny Giannis. I'll take it. But uh, no, I, I'm loving the way Scotty's playing. I like the way the Raptors are using him too. Um, could get him a few more minutes, but my pick for rookie of the year, Mr. Scotty Barnes. Yeah, as you guys might remember, I picked Scotty Barnes for Rookie of the Year as a bold prediction maybe a couple of weeks back. I'm sticking with that, bro. He looks he looks solid. Uh, I think so, these guys like Jalen Green, they're going to have some big nights, but they're going to have a lot of nights where um, they get beat down and have terrible games. But I don't see that happening with Scotty. I'm going with Scotty here. He's, he started off well, rebounding the ball very well and scoring points. So he's going to – I think he's going to be up there in the race. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to go with the homer pick here, too. I like Scotty Barnes. Uh, listen, you could debate the, the top, like, four picks, um, however which way you want. I, I've seen some arguments for Jalen Suggs, too, but, uh, yeah, got to go with Scotty here. I, I He just looks like the perfect young piece like, yeah. to, to complete this, like, Raps team, you know, going forward. We'll see, but I like it. Yeah, I'm going Jalen Green also. 
Um, Jalen Green seems like a guy that at one point in his career will lead the league in points per game. It's, yeah. I think he'll run away with points per game for, for rookies this year. Um, honestly, I've watched a little bit of the Rockets, and they're not as bad as I thought they were going to be. That could just be, you know, the young guys early have the fresh legs. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. They're not as bad as they seem. <clears throat> I'm, I'm banking on Jalen Green to, to carry them to a couple of wins. Uh, like you kind of said, OBS, he's going to have his bad games. But the reason I didn't go Scotty Barnes is because I feel like there's so many more options in front of him to start the season. Yeah. Maybe that changes as, as the season goes on. But to start the year, it's, it's Jalen Green or nothing pretty much in, in Houston. So he's going to get out to an early lead. And I just feel like he, he's not going to look back. Yeah, the only thing that worries me about the Scotty Barnes pick is obviously when Pascal returns. Does he take Scotty Barnes out the lineup? Does Pascal play center? I don't know. We'll see what happens. But hey, hey, all right, ride with our boy. Yeah, um, that was our rookie of the year. Now let's go into coach of the year. Um, I'm going with the guy in Atlanta, Nate McMillan. I like what they have going going on down there in, in Atlanta. And uh, if last year is any indication of how they're going to do this year, listen, I like it. Yeah, I actually I, – I didn't realize Atlanta filled out their roster the way they did. I saw them play uh, two nights ago, I think it was, and I really like that roster. But um, mine seems like the obvious pick after the start they've had, but you asked me two weeks ago, he would have been my pick too just because I really like the way they filled out their roster, and that's Billy Donovan. Um Obviously, the Bulls are out to a 4-0 start. First time since, like, 96 or something like that. But um, I really like the pieces they added, the Carusos, the Lonzos. I still like the Vooch trade from last year. Um, so, I, I, I'm super I'm super bullish on the Bulls, funny enough. But, uh, no, I think Billy Donovan uh, will be definitely, at, at least in the conversation, uh, for that award at the end of the year. Yeah, I definitely agree. I was going to go with him, too. But I'm going to go with Quinn Snyder of the Utah Jazz. Uh, I think if they can finish first or second in the, in the West and go deep in the playoffs, uh, he'll get it. I, I thought he was going to win it last year, but obviously uh, Tim, uh, Tom Thibodeau took the Knicks to the playoffs as well. So, it's Quinn Snyder. Yeah, I'm going to go with Nate McMillan too. Um, the Hawks yeah, the Hawks had a good little run in the playoffs last year. Um, obviously, Trey got hurt, but I, I like what they did in the offseason too. I think they're looking at like, they might crack the top four in the East, so could be interesting. I think if they if they if they're top four in the East, I think he definitely has a case. Also going with Billy Donovan, uh, he's a guy who who left OKC two years ago to to join the Bulls, and it's a guy I I didn't think that OKC should have gotten rid of. Uh, he brought that team, you know, almost to the playoffs that year too, or even made the playoffs with Chris Paul and and Gilgis Alexander and when they had no expectations. Um, he's a good coach. He He's good for, like, rebuilding teams. Uh, I know, obviously, they kind of filled out their roster this year with DeMar and and um, and Lonzo and stuff. But those guys, like, Lonzo's still young. Lonzo's a young point guard. And Billy Donovan enjoys working with young point guards. So we could see Lonzo excel. And if, if, they're, if they keep going the way they're going right now, they could finish, like Cam said, top four in the East, and he'll definitely be in that conversation. All right, so this is where it gets kind of interesting. We're going to go to our most improved player. And, like, I mean, you can predict who is it going to be, like, based off what you think is being most improved. It's like we could go way off the board here. But uh, I chose a guy that I've liked ever since he came into the league. I'm still waiting for him to break out. He had a little bit better of a season last year, but – with Michael Porter Jr. He's uh, kind of a perfect basketball build, if you ask me. And uh, I'm just waiting for him to become the guy in Denver. I mean, I know I know there's a couple guys in Denver that, that are always going to kind of overshadow him, but talking most improved player here, I think those other guys can help him, can help him really uh, achieve that goal. I went with my favorite non-Raptor in the league, and uh, that's our boy SGA, Shea Gilgis Alexander out in OKC. He's going to play 35 plus minutes a night. I would not be surprised if he averaged 25 plus this year, which that alone would, you know, 
instantly put him in the conversation for uh, for MIP. Last uh, Sunday, I think it was, he put up 26, 8, and 9 or something like that. Um, one of my favorite players in the league. Obviously, the, the, the OKC roster is not super filled out, so I think he's going to shine just that much more, uh, him and Lou Dort this year. But uh, I got SGA. Lock him in as MIP. Love that one. Nice Canadian boy. Uh, I got Jordan Poole from Golden State. Uh, he's really good, man. Uh, yeah. Three-level score. He can beat you off the bounce, off the dribble, you know, shoot it. He's super athletic. With all the minutes he's getting this year, I think he – he can he can average in the high teens and and put up a most improved campaign. So I'm gonna go with him. Yeah, I went with MPJ too. Um, I know he. A lot of people think he got overpaid this offseason. Um, he's gonna be looking at a lot more minutes too uh, with Jamal Murray out for a bit. So, yeah, I I, I like it. I I don't know. Like down the stretch, we'll see. Um, but I think if if he's getting a lot of minutes now and he's putting up points, like. He'll stay in that starting five. I, I think he would be anyways, but we'll see. I, I think he's looking at a, a good jump this year. Might be crazy, but I'm going back to Houston. Uh, I'm going Kevin Porter Jr., a guy who I don't know what happened in Cleveland. It just – everything went sideways and, and nothing seemed to work when they gave – away his locker and then had to trade him. Yeah. But this guy was a first round pick. He was projected to go early in the first round and then slip to like 30th overall or something. He's super athletic and like Jalen Green, there's no really other option, you know, for the team to look at. So, you know, two young guys to build around. I think Kevin Porter Jr. is going to really excel in a role where he kind of needs the ball in his hands. So I think he'll get a lot of looks just because they're going to be a bad team, and he could help them win some games. Yeah, you're I'm, muted. I'm muted? No, oh, not me. I said absolutely shredded up the G League when he played in the G League last year. Yeah. So, yeah. Going to our sixth man then. Um, guy from Utah. Was it you? No, it was uh, Utah. Yeah, Jordan Clarkson won last year. Yes, and it was between two guys. It was between it was a two it was a two headed race between him and another guy from Utah and Joe Ingles. So Joe Ingles is gonna be your sixth man of the year. I don't understand that. How can you have two guys that are up for six? Wouldn't man one of the be year? the seventh man? Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> there was a seventh uh, man of the year, it would be Joe Ingles. Last there you year. go. For me, going back to Chicago, was one of my favorite players coming out of college. Uh, obviously, with all their acquisitions, Demar, Lonzo, he got pushed out of the out of the starting five, and that's Kobe White. I think Kobe White's going to come off the bench in Chicago, and he's going to be dangerous against the second team of any team he's facing. Uh, so I have Kobe White. Nice. Part of me really wanted to go with, uh, you know, the man, the myth, the legend, Lemon Pepper Lou. It's his award to win to lose every year. <laughs> <laughs> but uh <laughs> but nah I'm gonna roll with Tyler Hero. Um he's coming yeah. off the bench from Miami. I think he's going to all year. And I think we, we haven't seen his full potential yet. Like you, you see flashes of it all the time. And if he can do that consistently, I think he could run away with the six man award this year. I like how we have variety here. Um team I really like is the New York Knicks and Derrick Rose coming off the bench. We know what he can do. He's obviously in the wrong half of his career right now, but or not wrong, but back half of his career, definitely. Um, but yeah, I, listen, they had a bit of like a, a Tom Thibodeau looked like he got them going in the right direction last year. I think they'll continue that. And if Derrick Rose coming off the bench and, and scoring and keeping that team afloat, I like his chances. All right, this one's a little crazy. This one's very far off the board. I'm going out to L.A., and I'm going with Carmelo Anthony. He's a guy that they have coming off the bench. Right now, he's shooting at a 51% field goal, like over over 60% three-point. I know he's obviously not a huge three-point guy, but he's averaging 17 points. And I think, you know, a guy his age coming off the bench, it could help him keep that scoring touch late in his career. And if he could get up there, you know, averaging 20 points a game or whatever, I feel like it's it's something you got to consider. He's got to be in the top three at the end of the year if he's averaging at least 20 points. 
I can't believe he was he was a free agent uh, two years ago. Um, uh, it pisses me off because Sorry, he's he one of my favorite. He's, he's one of my favorite NBA players. Yeah, the disrespect was crazy back then. That's all I'm gonna say. All right, we're gonna head into our defensive player of the year. I oh swear boy. to God. Oh boy, is Shane excited for this one? <laughs> if his name is that, I would be so bad. My defensive player of the year is Joel Embiid. Okay, listen. <laughs> <laughs> the Philly 76ers had two defensive player of the year candidates last year, and one of them is just MIA He's right now. Pussy bitch. So it's uh, looking like Joel Embiid is going to have fighting words, Dawson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it looks like Joel Embiid's got to pick up the pace and uh, help out even more defensively, I guess. But uh, yeah, he's going to win it. Shaner. They don't want to piss off Shaner. Shaner. I'm loyal. I would never do that Let's to you. Let's go. My defensive player of the year is Miles Turner. I have no explanation oh. other than the fact that. I don't want to fucking pick Rudy Gobert because he's a bum. Miles Turner, you're my defensive player. Boys, my defensive player of the year is a Ru- oh. is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bro, we just know what he can do defensively, so we're really good at that. Don't do yeah. it to me, Kevin. No, no, I won't. I won't. We, we have to. We have to shake it up here. No, but I'm. I'm gonna go with Bam Adebayo. I think. Uh, the Heat had a bad year coming off the finals uh, appearance in 2019. I think they're looking to turn that around. I think they're a lot more stable now. So I like bounce chances. He's oh. a freak. He's a freak. So listen, yeah. he's doing it on both ends. Guy All can guard one to say Rudy Gobert, eh? Yeah, no way. Not a chance. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I thought he was going to. All right. I also have Miles Turner. I had him last year. I was going to say, you went Miles Turner last year out of nowhere. Yeah, I had him last year at the end of the year. Uh, that guy's a shot blocking. Like, yeah, he's disgusting. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, the thing is, he doesn't get the recognition recognition in Indiana. But there's been trade talks from him for, like, the past, like, three years. You know, teams that need upgrades at center. He'd be I so sick be, in Toronto. Yeah, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if this is the year that he gets shipped out to a bigger team in the in a playoff run, which would put him on like a pedestal. People will be able to see what he could really do. Uh, so Miles Turner, I believe he – everybody needs to know how good Miles Turner is defensively, and this is the year. I like it. All right. So with that being said, we're going to head into the most important award. That is your most valuable player. Um, most of you may know I like to give a speech about this award and how ridiculous this award is when given out in the NBA. But I'm going to save you guys the trouble this year. Um, most valuable player can be taken into many different, uh, many different contexts. To me, it's just who's most valuable to their team, right? Who's the best player in the NBA, right? I thought right? we were saving the speech. Okay. I'm not saying, I'm not saving, I'm not saying the LeBron speech. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm just going to say that last year, I don't think the best player in the NBA won the MVP. Um, not that Jokic didn't deserve it, but, um, this year I'm going, not going with LeBron James. Um, going with Steph Curry, uh, best shooter I've ever seen in my life. I don't think anyone has seen a better shooter than Steph Curry. Uh, he started off the season hot and, uh, I don't see him slowing down. I just think he's so important on and off the court for that team. It's, uh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, mine was, uh, mine was an absolute toss-up between Steph and the person I ended up choosing. But um, I actually lied before when I said SGA was my favorite non-Raptor uh, in the NBA. This player is my favorite non-Raptor in the NBA. That's Luka Magic, baby. Luka Doncic. Oh, it was Kevin Durant. Uh, he was, but he went to Hollywood on me. It's been a while. <laughs> but, uh, but no. Went to Hollywood. No, Luka Doncic. Love the guy. Unbelievable. Oh, he was my MVP pick last year. He's my MVP pick this year. He'll probably my be my MVP pick next year. So Luka Doncic out in Dallas. Yeah, I got Steph Curry as well. Uh if he can lead that that team in in a stacked West Western Conference uh to a top four finish, let's say. 
Uh, I think he, he should be running away with it because he's going to be putting up stupid numbers. I also believe he is the most valuable player uh, to his team out of any anyone else in the NBA. Uh, so that's why I'm going with him this year. I'm going to go with Kyrie Irving. <laughs> Wait, he's not playing. Wait. Yes. No, I'm going to go with Steph too. Yeah, like you said, guys putting up numbers. They're, they're still without Clay. Um, obviously, he'll come back. But if he, if Steph can keep the Warriors at the top of the West um, until Clay gets back, like, I think it'll just prove his importance, but we'll see. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm not going with Steph. I'm going with a guy who has uh, many MVPs, though, and that's Giannis. Uh, to me, I think he's the most valuable player to his team in the league right now, uh, even over Steph. But if he can get that three-point shot working that he apparently worked on in – in the offseason, Giannis might be the most unstoppable player in, in the NBA because when he's driving, nobody's stepping in front of him. Now imagine you, like him splashing a three over your face. Like there's no way you could stop that. Uh, so Giannis, if he could get that going, I think he's going to run away with it. So Giannis for the third time in like four years. Yeah, I'll believe a three-point shot from Giannis when I see it. But, I mean, he's not that bad right now. He's shooting 27%. It's probably like his career high. <laughs> I wouldn't say those are great numbers, but uh, listen, now we're going to go into our finals predictions. I sound like a broken record, but any team with LeBron James has a chance of making that finals, in my opinion. Uh, last year, they lost to the eventual Western Conference champions. Um, I'm going to go Lakers in seven against the Bucks. I think the, the Lakers are just a full team on a mission with a whole lot of chips on their shoulders. And uh, I mean, listen, if they win the, if they win the finals, I don't see any way LeBron James doesn't win it like finals MVP either. Right. So. Uh, I got, I'm switching it up a little. I'm going a, a bit off the board. I would say um, coming out of the West, I got the Utah jazz coming out of the East. I have the Miami heat. I think the Miami heat are going to be your NBA champions. And I think Kyle Lowry is going to be your finals MVP. Wow. Love that. <laughs> uh, I, don't think, I don't think the Utah Jazz is off the board at all. I think, uh, I, I think they're going to win the West this year, and I got them going to the finals as well. I, it's weird. I find they, have, they always have such a deep team. They, go, they always go deep into the playoffs. But, like, we just never really talk about them. Um, but I think they're going to get there this year against the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, I think the Brooklyn Nets will defeat them in seven games. I could see this being a great finals uh, matchup and uh, Kevin Durant winning that MVP, that finals MVP. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Warriors coming out of the West, um, especially when they get Clay back. Like, listen, if, if Steph's going to be the MVP in my predictions, I think the Warriors have a good chance to, to make the final. Um and I don't think the Nets need Kyrie. Like, who knows what's going to happen with Kyrie, but I don't think they need him to, to make the finals. Um, I also have them winning. And like you, LBS, I have KD as the finals MVP. KD is a, is a different human being, yeah, man. I, yeah. I don't understand. Oh He's actually insane. Me, me and Dawson are just clicking today. Me and Dawson are clicking. I also have Miami over the Jazz. The only thing is I don't have Kyle Lowry winning. What? I have Jimmy Butler. <laughs> Uh, just what he did two years ago in the finals. I just think he'll do it again. Uh, so, you know, he stole those two games against the Lakers by himself. Now he's going to steal four. So Jimmy Butler gets my MVP in the finals. I don't know, man. I just see Kyle Lowry, like, taking, like, 18 charges in the finals. Like, he's going to take charges from Rudy Gobert. <laughs> like that. Okay. Well, those were our NBC NBA award predictions. Now we're going to head into everyone's favorite segment. Top five, baby. All right. So there's kind of been like, this has kind of been like a big like theme during this episode of what's valuable (laughs) and uh, what you consider to be valuable. So, Today's top five is 
top five most valuable players to the respective teams in the NFL. Okay. So I feel like there's gonna be a lot of explaining on this, but number five, I have Patrick Mahomes as being valuable, obviously to his team. To me, he's the best player in the NFL when he's playing at his best. Um, You could just see it. The chiefs are in shambles right now. And so is he, he's not playing well. He's basically showing how valuable he, he, he is and how, and how he was. That being said, I don't have him at number one. Uh, number four, I have Alvin Kamara. Because uh, as a Saints fan, I can tell you right now, that offense is nothing without Alvin Kamara right now. Um, you saw it yesterday against the Seahawks. Alvin Kamara had one of the games of his life. And the offense is barely anything with him, to be fair. And it's literally like, if he's not there, imagine how bad that offense would have looked yesterday. Not to make, like, it was a storm and stuff outside, but man, Alvin Kamara is a different breed. Number three, I feel like I've said his name on this podcast quite a lot. That's Lamar Jackson. When Lamar Jackson is playing at his best, he's the most unstoppable player, and you can just see it in, in like, in Baltimore, like, in their offense. Like, it's ridiculous. Number two, I have Christian McCaffrey. Uh, the Panthers started 3 0 with him. He got hurt. Now they're three and four. Um, yeah. That offense is in shambles right now, and you can see that their offense runs through him. The guy's a lock for 27 fantasy points because he gets 10 targets and 15, at least 15 attempts a game. Like, uh, you're telling me he's now. fucking sitting on my IR. So is yeah. Saquon. <laughs> so is Saquon. To me, Anyways, to me, the number one most valuable player to their team in the NFL is Derrick Henry. Um, most unstoppable running back I've ever seen. The only one I could maybe compare him to would be Adrian Peterson back in 2011. I think Derrick Henry's having an MVP season right now. Um, I think he's a chance to break the record for most rushing attempts. And not rushing attempts, I mean, maybe rushing attempts, but rushing yards. Because that offense runs through Derrick Henry, even though they have A.J. Brown, even though they have Julio Jones. They need to get Derrick Henry the ball at least 25 times and have him have success to even have a chance at winning. And I think it shows he's been having success lately and so the Titans. Before Dawson goes, I just want to announce that my bold prediction just took an absolutely major hit. The New York Giants just announced that Jabril Peppers is out for the season with a torn ACL, which I don't know when that happened. Must have been practice. No, but it's Monday. Yeah, for real. No, it's, it's Tuesday. Monday, yeah. Oh, yeah, no. It's oh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. I'm in pain. Shaner and I were just talking about Jabril on the weekend, too. Anyways. <sighs> the life of a Giants fan. I'm sorry to hear that, Shane. Um, my, my list has a similar pattern to Matt's. Um, at five, I do have Patrick Mahomes. I think, like, like, like Matt said, he's not playing well now, but I think how the Chiefs look – proves how important Patrick Mahomes playing at his best, how important that is for them. Uh, nine interceptions through seven weeks, not going to get it done. Um, he will bounce back. He's a fucking half a billion dollar quarterback. He will bounce back. Uh, so I'm not worried about that. Number four, um, like Matt, I had some bias here. I went with Darius Leonard. Okay. Darius Leonard single-handedly is the biggest spark for not only the Colts defense, but the entire Colts team. It seems whenever the Colts need a turnover, Darius Leonard is there to punch the ball out. Um, I, like, like I said before, eight takeaways on the year through seven weeks. I find that unreal. Um, so Darius Leonard at number four. Number three, Derrick Henry. Like I said, the, the, the Titans are in a division with the Colts. So I, I do have some, some un, like I'm biased there in the sense that I hate the Titans. But I, I do not think the Titans offense is anywhere near or the Titans as a whole are anywhere near as good without Derrick Henry in the lineup, obviously seen as he's the best back in the NFL. Um, at number two, this one's going to fucking pain me to say, so I'm going to be sick. I have to put my mask on to say it, but uh, <laughs> Tom Brady is the most valuable player to any team he goes on just because, you know, he, he's Tom Brady. He, he, he wins everywhere he goes. So he, he's got to bring some sort of value with him. Uh, and at number one, Lamar Jackson. I think the Ravens are nothing without Lamar Jackson. Um, you can even see it when Lamar's playing at 
Um, the Ravens are nowhere near the same team as when Lamar's playing at 100. So I think he is the most valuable to his team at this very moment. Nice. I have a, I have a couple different picks on mine. Uh, this one might come, come as a surprise. Uh, I don't know. I've been paying a little more attention to this guy uh, specifically just because he's on my fantasy team. But Matthew Stafford, uh, the, uh, to me, the Rams didn't really make any major upgrades other than Matthew Stafford uh, on their squad this year. And we could see how uh, we could we could see how they look already. Uh, he looks amazing. And uh, I, don't, I don't know. I think he, he's very valuable to that team. And he was the piece they were missing all along. Uh, number four, I have Aaron Rodgers. Matt was talking about it earlier. Uh, since that one, since that week one loss, he's been on a mission, you know, and uh, he's led his team to some big wins and some, and some tight games all year. So uh, I think he's very valuable to that Packers uh, team. Number three, Patrick Mahomes. We all just discussed it. Uh, it's kind of weird. It kind of looks like when he, his, his performance is rubbing off on the rest of the team. Uh, I thought Kelsey looked absolutely lost on the weekend. And the defense is just another story I hate talking about. I think they're fucking garbage, to be straight, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't want to touch on that one. <laughs> Number two, I got Kyler, man. I just love – Kyler's putting up great numbers this year. And if we're talking about how valuable he is to his team right now, I think he's a, he's the main reason why they're undefeated. And, obviously, that defense is helping them out a lot. But he's looked great all year, I think. Number one, speaking of different, different human beings, uh, Derrick Henry <laughs> – just an absolute machine. On that long touchdown he had, I don't know if you saw that, that run. It looks like a robot when he runs. It's, it makes no sense. Uh, but, yeah, obviously everything the Titans do offensively revolves around him and, and the threat he presents. So imagine the Titans without him. Like, he literally does nothing look as well. The guy's literally a defensive yeah, end insane. playing running back. He's literally a defensive yeah. end playing. Yeah. Makes no it sense. does not make sense. Yeah. All right. That's nothing. the top five. Nothing crazy different from you guys. Um, F5, I do have Patrick Mahomes. Um, like you guys said, we're seeing it right now. He's, he's not playing well, and, and they're lost without him. They, they need a guy who, who's like him, who's making big plays all the time, and fortunately not doing that, but he'll turn around. At number four, a name that hasn't been said yet, and I did leave Derrick Henry off this list. Um, he's number six for me, definitely. Um, at four, Russell Wilson. Oh yeah, are, we're seeing Seattle right now without Russ. Yeah, and I was watching Peyton and Eli last night, and like Peyton just kept going back to him. he's like, oh, you know, like Regina would eat a sack, he would just say, look, that's where Russ would be able to escape the pocket, or you know, he'd climb it there instead of bailing early. Like we're seeing that offense without Russ, and it's lackluster to say the least. Worst uh, part is, I don't even think Gino's that bad. No, he's not great. But he's like not Seattle's that just that bad. bad. Yeah, Seattle is definitely that bad. Yeah. But uh, at three, I have CMC. Listen, the, the guy's played like five, six games since 2019. Um, super unfortunate. But when he is there, he's putting up 200 yards plus. So um, no argument, I don't think. At two, Lamar Jackson. Uh, we saw a couple games last year when he had COVID. Um they, their, their offense is literally built to to move the ball through him, um, whether it's with his legs or with his arm. But without him, they're nothing. Um, at number one, Aaron Rodgers. The, the pack, like, we're lucky, or I guess they're lucky because they haven't been without him a lot. But if they were, like, there's a reason why they haven't drafted an offensive player in the first round in the last however many years it is. I mean, other than Jordan Love, but there's a reason for that. It's because they know he, he can get it done with guys who are – Coming off, coming from colleges that no one's ever heard of. Um, so yeah, he's that one for me. All right, <clears throat> I wanted to put Josh Allen on this list, but I couldn't find a way, so I'm just gonna say honorable mention for Josh Allen. Uh, number five, I have Rogers. Like Cam, Cam just touched on everything. He's doing it with. Aside from Adams, he's not doing it with stars. He's uh, there's no way if, if Love is playing quarterback that this team is six and one right now. There's no way. Okay. So, uh, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe on Thursday night he comes out and he shocks me and he wins. So that would help help this argument even more. At four, Tom Brady. We saw this exact offense minus, like, a couple weapons with Jameis Winston, and they didn't make the playoffs. This exact team, the defense was the same too. I was going to say, yeah. It, it's the exact team minus, like, Antonio Brown and Gronk. And, he's, and those got – 
sorry, those guys would not be there if Brady wasn't there either. You know? Exactly. So, so it's, it's the exact same team, and Brady just proved that he's, you know, <laughs> the reason they went to the Super Bowl last year. Uh, how many of those guys ever played in the playoffs before last year? And then they went and absolutely destroyed the best team on paper in the Super Bowl because of, of Brady's, you know, how, how many times he's done it. At three, like Cam, I have Russ. Uh, I caught a lot of heat before the season when I said that without Russ, this, Seattle is probably a lottery team. And right now, it's just they had 10 points yesterday. Not to say that the Saints aren't good, but Saints the defense Saints is been, disgusting. The Saints have been the most up and down team. The Giants scored 27 points on the Saints. I don't want to hear it. They're like they're the most up and down team all year, and you lost by three. You lost 13 to 10 to, to the Saints. Like to me, they're still a lottery. They're drafting top five without Russ every year, every year. Uh, number two, Mahomes. You guys kind of had him lower on your list, but to me, this proves that Mahomes has been. Not their whole offense, but it's without him, they're they're not really anything. Number one, it's Derrick Henry. Uh, AJ Brown and Julio Jones just haven't really gotten going yet, and the Titans are at the top of their division, beating the Chiefs, beating the Bills, and AJ Brown got going this week, but Julio hasn't gotten going. Uh, I'm surprised actually because I thought Derrick Henry would open up for Julio. But a guy leading, like, he's going to break. He's going to smash records. Yeah, He's going to smash the rushing record this year. And not to say that Ryan Tannehill isn't, isn't like, a, a, maybe, he, maybe he's top 10, but we saw what he did in Miami without a running back, like, like a, a guy who could do what Derrick Henry does. So I think he's also helping Ryan Tannehill. Uh, opens up that – they run a lot of that play action. You know, defenses move up to try and stop Derrick Henry, and they take the top off. So – yeah. Derrick Henry's number one, and to me, it's not even close. I don't know if you saw that graphic on Sunday Night Football when they were talking about Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor has the third most scrimmage yards, or it's either rushing or scrimmage yards. Um, I think Alvin Kamara's too, but Alvin Kamara and Jonathan Taylor are right around 1,600 yards over the past 16 games. Derrick Henry is 1,000 yards over them. He has almost 3,000 rushing ridiculous. yards in the last 16 games. That is insane. <laughs> and the worst part is they, they don't even really use him in the passing game. No. They yeah, have Henry. Honestly, kind of been impressed with how much they throw into him now. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Targets, like. Derrick yeah. Henry, after contact, is the second leading rusher in the NFL. After Derrick Henry. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's uh, – I'm glad you guys thought. I thought picking Derrick Henry, I thought you guys were going to be like, yeah, it's got to be a quarterback. But no. I completely agree. I'm surprised not like not everyone had Christian McCaffrey on their list because I think it's 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 evident Fuck in him. Carolina. He's on the block if anyone wants him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll take him. <laughs> no way he trades him. No way. But, yeah, hey, listen, that was top five most valuable players to their teams in the NFL. Let's head into our last segment. Our lock of the week in terms of betting. Like I said before, top five. This episode has had a theme, and I'm going to continue that theme of valuable players. Okay? There was a top five list for dark horse, under the radar, most valuable players to their teams this year. This, I personally think that this guy who I have – as an anytime touchdown scorer this week, is there. And that's Daryl Henderson. Guy who is inserting himself as a top five fantasy running back. Has been incredibly valuable to that LA Rams defense. Uh, offense, sorry. I think you could put anyone in that backfield and they're eating. Yeah. I don't think Daryl Henderson is Similar to, the, sim- similar to Deer- Dearness Johnson. There's no way Daryl Henderson just got hooked up that much. I think Daryl Henderson is fantastic. I don't think he's close to a top five fantasy running back. I think he's fringe top ten. Did you say he was like a low-key MVP candidate or something? A low-key valuable player to their offense. I think he is. 
I really don't. I don't hate the anytime touchdown score. So I'm not a hater, but I wouldn't say like like there's a there's quite a few guys that are more important to that offense than him. But fair enough. Anyways, uh, we spoke about it in the game of the week. Shane was very passionate about it. My lock of the week: Kyler Murray over 26 and a half rushing yards. Lock that in. Like it. I'm going back to the Rams game. Uh, just hammer the spread, 14 and a half, minus 105. Uh, I'm, I think they'll beat the Texans by, like, 21. Uh, yeah, 14 and a half, Rams spread. Those games scare me because, like, like the Lions game, like the Lions came yeah. out obviously knowing we have absolutely nothing to lose. And the spread there was 16 and a half. I bet Lions plus 16 and a half. yeah. But like cards covered though against the Texans uh, was it last week they played true yeah and it was twenty it was at twenty so and the Colts no, no, we'll yeah see. the Colts beat the Texans by twenty eight so yeah yeah the Texans do suck <laughs> okay you guys are gonna have to hear me out here I don't oh, know yeah. if I'm absolutely retarded and I know that Penn State just lost to Illinois in nine overtimes um, but Penn State's going to Ohio State this weekend. Um, they're going to play in the shoe. You know, that's a huge rivalry, obviously. Ohio State's 18.5-point favorites right now. And I know they've been on a roll. The offense is rolling. Um, but Penn State is still a really good team. It took Illinois nine overtimes to score 20 points on Penn State's defense. Um, Sean Clifford's still, like, dealing with a bit of injury. Um, obviously, they lost to Iowa, too. But no way they should be 18.5-point um, dogs. So, I'm going to lock up Penn State plus 18 and a half. Don't know if that's stupid. Maybe it is, but that's uh, too like too easy for me. I don't know. I'll ride what you can. This just seems a little crazy. I don't know. I'm, I'm also going back to the Thursday night game. It's cards money line. I had it before I knew about all everybody out, but now it's going to be a blowout. Like I said, first quarter, early payout. Here we go. Take the money at home. You can still get it though. Ilperro Patriots money line against the <laughs> fucking like Saint Jean Titans. Lock it in. I like that. I'm currently in a pick 'em. Well that does it for episode forty five of the Nothing But Controversy podcast. Just like to say thank you for sticking around, and uh, if you're feeling extra generous today, click the little minimize button on uh, on the full screen. Click the like button. Click the subscribe button, and Shaner with his little messy hair there is going to give you a wet kiss.